Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. How's everybody doing? So good to uh, be here, see your smiling faces, to worship. There's just, just nothing like encountering the presence of God in worship. We're changed. Stuff's broken off. We go to new places with God when we, when we worship. And so it's a big deal, big value for us. I want to thank uh, Chris Chapman for preaching uh, last week. He did a great job. I listened to his message while I was mowing the yard and saying amen. While I was doing that, I was, I was listening, really. It was a great message. Great. Awesome. I was speaking down in Austin at Hope in the City, one of our sister churches down there, and uh, had a great, great time uh, being with them. They're having some kind of a Holy Spirit summer. They've had two, like, a couple dramatic uh, cancer healing, stage four, gone. You know, just, I mean, you see some of that and you go like, wow, God is alive and powerful and moving. And so they, they were encouraged. It was good to be with them. So open your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. And uh, uh, Kim, you may have noticed Kim's not here today. Uh, we were just, just any moment, um, her dad, we thought he was going to die yesterday. And uh, so she is emotionally uh, wiped out. Just it's been a crazy uh, little time here. And uh, he's in a lot of pain. But I, I'm so thankful that my good friend, Bob Crowell, is sitting up here on the front row with me, worshiping his heart out. I, he, was, he came to the first service and I said, Bob, we've known each other for 20 years, went on a trip to Russia together with Jimmy, and nine, uh, Jimmy Seibert in 1999. Jimmy, uh, Bob was with us at Grapevine and then went to plant the church in uh, North Richland Hills. And uh, it's a joy having you here. Just want to honor our friendship there for all these years. And he was in first service worshiping. He goes, man, I don't want to leave you up here on the front row worshiping by yourself. And, and so I said, that's awesome. And about halfway through worship, I was like, hey, brother, would you come to second service and just stand up here and worship with me again? It was super encouraging. So 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Uh, we're going to talk about generosity today. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Bob even leaned over to me, he goes, you know, Jamie, I think the Lord speaks in abundance, that we need an abundance mentality. And it's, it's true. One of the things we're going to talk about today is giving, and, and it helps us to learn to trust God with our finances, where we get more of an abundant versus a poverty, you know, kind of there's never going to be enough. Part of what God's blessing flowing through our lives does, it changes something to where we live more simply we, we live below our means so that we can give generously, uh, as, and that's following in the, in the steps of Jesus. I want to read this passage, famous passage from 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. This is how generous Jesus is. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was poor, excuse me, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. So Lord, just give us grace today. We're talking about uh, courageous generosity. And so that we can be bold in this part of our life and grow. The reason we talk about this and the reason we talk about it from time to time is that it's an, it's a, it's a mark of discipleship that we learn to give, that we learn generosity. It, it, because it shows um, next week, I'm going to talk about the heart, but it really does our heart. It doesn't maybe follow where our finances go. It absolutely follows where our finances go. 
And so we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that next week. But this is an important part of discipleship. And as we're talking about this, you know, if there's something that's uncomfortable in this, I want to be a radical, generous giver. That's, we've tried to structure our lives that way. Live simply below our means so that we can give generously. And so, uh, that's our, I'll tell a little bit of our story, but I, I want this for all of us. I want us to be a church that walks together with great generosity, where we keep the money flowing through, in and through the church, in and through one another to each other. But this is a part of how we grow. It's part of how we grow up. And it's like a spiritual discipline. So does that make sense? A spiritual practice. You learn it. You don't come out of the womb generous. <laughs> Think about it. More. Mine. Give me that thing. You know, right? All that. So that's, that's, you have to learn generosity. And it's like a spiritual practice. You don't just start out being a prayer warrior. You have to practice that. You don't just start off, you know, I'm going to not eat for three days. You actually have to practice that to where that starts to be desirable. Like you learn that fasting is actually helps you grow. You know, you don't just start off, you know, I want to be with Christians all the time in fellowship. You actually have to get a taste for that. And you learn the discipline of, wow, my life goes better when I'm on that path. And that's what we're talking about here today with generosity. My life goes better when I'm on that path. I'll share a little bit of uh, Kim and I's story. Me and Kim, Kim and me. English, somebody send me an email on it. Uh, But uh, my wife and I. Kim, it's just, God, she, she, I miss her. She would be going. You can do that too. So, quit. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So we're 22 and we both give our lives really seriously to the Lord. We meet Jesus Christ in a dramatic way. We were in different cities at the time. We met the Lord. And I mean, we started a relationship. And once that relationship really got going, he became the treasure of our hearts and our lives. We wanted to be with him all the time. We wanted to be with his people. And as we started doing those things, we started being confronted with with scripture about giving and tithing and offerings and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, so we began to experiment with it. I, me- I remember uh, we're waiting tables, finishing school. And we're making, we're bringing in the bucks, man. I mean, like two fifty a week between the two of us, two hundred fifty dot for real. And so a tithe, math majors, what's a tithe off two fifty a week? Twenty five bucks. Now writing a twenty five dollar check when you make two fifty, it was a big deal. And that was a stretching, you know. And and even this morning, I mentioned, I told Kim I was going to tell that story, and and she said, I didn't want to do it. (laughs) She's like, I didn't want to do it. But we were, you know, together kind of coming on this thing and, and on this journey. And Jesus was getting more real to us. And, and so the, we, we started that practice. And we also had some friends. We met some young friends. And I'm pointing over here because it's, it's them. It's those two people right there. And uh, we're both just Jesus is real to us and we're growing, you know. And so we're both kind of experimenting with this tithe thing. And, I, you know, because in high school, I had, you know, like if I had something in my wallet, maybe if I was in a really tender kind of place with God, I might, you know, well, that's what I got right now. Um, that's it. But, uh, you know, I might, I don't, uh, I don't know what I would do in high school. I don't know if I would drop the whole thing in. But I, 
Yeah, but it would be like, I'd give, I would give, it's like a bone, you know, like tossing a bone to God, you know, versus really ordering my life and finances and my budget around, around giving and getting the first fruits, all of it going to God so that all of it can be under the blessing of God. And so, uh, you know, it's a journey. Well, Jackie's got the, you know, uh, her dad is with the Lord now, but we learn so much from Jesse Flores. He's, radical giver, radical lover of Jesus. In fact, the first time I met Todd said, now when you meet him, he's probably going to hold on to your hand and want to pray with you. I was like, really? And I said, hey, Jesse. And he wouldn't let go of my hand. And he goes, let's just pray right now. Lord Jesus, King of Kings. And starts praying. I'm like, whoa, you know, this is different. And, but he was a giver. And I honor Jesse. He was a giver. He taught us all about giving. He taught them about giving. He taught us about giving. And a tremendous legacy flows from Jesse through you guys and, and you know, even the way he influenced us as well. And so that's, those are key parts of our, our story. And we just started taking steps and growing and li- living below our means so that we could give generously. And uh, we've had some crazy seasons, different seasons of life where one time where it said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. And so we said, hey, let's, let's try to give everything away. And we literally tried to give everything away. And what, what we found is, as we tried to do that, literally tried to liquidate, that we kept getting gifts. <laughs> it's really hard to do. You can't outgive God. That's true. You know, and so here we are 30 years later. 31, I felt to check. I need to go ahead and say that. Um, 31 years later, and just continuing to grow in the grace of giving. We're still on the journey. So even like in the last few weeks, the Lord's been speaking to us in fresh ways about how we can give beyond where we've been giving just lately. And I want to just plant that seed out there. you know. And, and I, my heart's desire for you would be that when you hear messages like this, it would be like, yes. Yes, I want this. I want to grow in the grace of giving. And that there would not be that hesitancy, check, you know, all they do is talk about money, all all these little trite one-liners about churches. It's not all we do. Basically, all we do is really talk about Jesus. But this actually has something to do with following Jesus. So it's really true. Why do we tell those stories? Because we need to hear, we need to hear stories. We need, we have a church filled with, and the college isn't back. The college aren't back yet, but there's going to be 60, 70 college somehow squeezed into those seats right there in just a couple of weeks. And, uh, and so we have a young church and we need to hear stories. How do we do this? What's it look like to start on this journey to learn the spiritual practice of giving and courageously being generous with our resources? I just heard a story about a young couple uh, just kind of just came two or three lines to me, but they're, they've continued the practice of tithing while they were paying off school debt and they just paid off their school debt. You know, putting God first, you know, it's just it's a it's the way to go. Why do we tell these stories? It's because we need training. We all need training. We need help and encouragement in this key aspect of our discipleship. Just straight up. There is an illusion in our world right now that because the Internet is out there, it's flat knowledge for everybody. And everybody can know everything. But it doesn't actually work like that in real life. In real life, we actually need mentors 
and people that have gone ahead who can come alongside and help us and say, hey, this isn't just flat information. This is actually more important than all a lot of things you Google. Somebody say amen on that one. Yes, I've thought about all the random things. Uh, you know, just you don't have arguments anymore, right? You just if, I, if I'm saying something she disagrees with me, I don't need to say much while she's not here. But um, if I'm saying something we disagree, I look over and she's <laughs> going to end the argument, right? Going to find out the truth, <laughs> not just Jamie thinks, right? So why do we tell these stories? Because it's hard. I'll say that too. It's hard. Think about the culture we live in. Our culture, just the mega meta narrative is materialism. Is you get more and more and more. And then when you get all that, then you sell it and then you upgrade and get more and get a bigger deal with more. And that's, that's our culture. And it's not just, it's not just our culture. It's principality and power level stuff. Okay. Like there's an enemy that's at work in all of that. You know, God can use it when we surrender, when we uh, when we walk with him through it, when he has our heart through it. But we're, we're really competing out there in a real world where there's a real enemy. And so the God of this age, uh, a lot of what he's working on is the God of America being money, just possessions, stuff, materialism, just trying to say it. And, and you complicate the meta thing with the micro thing, and that's us. In our fallen brokenness, we gravity runs towards selfishness. Okay, that's that's in our fallenness. That's gravity. Gravity is is selfishness. So, thank you. That's just gravity. But and, and so when we see the advertising just blitzing us. Facebook, whatever, TV, you know, just all the time. And we just get the little seed planted, you know, that if I had a vacation condo in Florida, but where did that thought come from? <laughs> Things might be better. I'd be more peaceful. <laughs> Weird. You know, it's just it's a start. That's how that advertising works. It's, it's not a, it's not a problem if you have a vacation condo in Florida. <laughs> That's OK. I'm just. Just coming up with something, just trying to do an illustration. And uh, but but we work with those things together. In fact, even believers can do this because in our in our brokenness, we are so prone to not want to honor God with our hearts and finances. That's just in our selfishness. So we'll even latch on to just bear with me on this. We'll latch on to things that come down the road like televangelists, you know, you know, there's a televangelist and he was doing he was doing uncouth things to get money. Therefore, I'm not going to give. Not weird. You'd hear some kind of trite saying, well, somebody stole money one time. Therefore, it's like an out for me in my discipleship with Jesus and finances is it, weird, right? And so we latch we latch on to things like that. Seems like I had one more uh, yeah, and I'll say more about this in just a second too, but even like tithing, you know, well, that's Old Testament. We, so we latch on to an idea that, you know, is really just meant to help us moving in the right direction with our finances. And so we say that's Old Testament and therefore I'm not going to give, you know, so just trying to trying to help us why this is so important. Paul says in the next chapter, Second Corinthians chapter nine, 
he says, verse 6, he says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and who sows generously will reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So I just want to pause right here and just go, if you feel reluctant or under compulsion, please don't give. Don't do it. Just, just don't do it. Okay. Wow. How about that one? When he said, don't do it unless I feel cheerful, joyful. Paul says, for God loves a cheerful giver. The Greek word hilarion. That's where we get the word hilarious from. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. There's that abundance word. To make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So here, imagine a big funnel. God's pouring out grace. It's always going to be enough. It's always going to be abundance with God. He pours out the grace and then we get to be generous. He pours out grace. We're generous. And what happens when we're generous is that a cycle starts happening, a cycle of thanksgiving and praise that leads to the glory of God. More glory for God as we receive His grace, are generous, and start that cycle of praise and thanksgiving flowing up to God. So I've got three points after this main thing. Let me get to the main thing first. God wants us to learn generosity as a key part of our discipleship in the church and impact in the world around us. I'll just say this before I move on. Because we're at the hour that we're at um, with Kim's dad, I mean, it's just been this weird thing this, this weekend. Because, I mean, McKenna Brown's getting married last night, had a big, big wedding, you know. And so McKenna's getting married. So it's a brand new start. And then you've got this thing happening with Kim's dad. It's the end. And it just, it's hitting me. Just, we want to be people that live from the beginning to the end, like we would have wanted to have lived if we could have chosen the best way to live possible all the days of our lives. That's just, I'm just processing that. And so uh, here we go. Three things. We learn generosity, first of all, from Jesus. You guys know me. If we're going to make a point about God or about the Scriptures, who is the lens through which we look? Jesus. We see God best through the lens of Jesus. So, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, for your sakes became poor, so that through His poverty, you might become rich. He's saying something there fundamental about who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ lays down. He self-sacrificingly gives His life. He is other-centered in His love. He's agape-oriented in His love. The Father says this, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave something more precious than anything that money could represent to us and calls us into a God kind of God-imaging, Jesus-reflecting life. And it's a life of generosity. Because that's what God is like. 
for us to be in the image of God will be that we will become more and more generous people, have margin for people and caring, you know, in, in our in our lives. So Jesus reveals God's heart of love if he's generous. If you look at the scriptures, like 16 of 38 parables of Jesus deal with money, possessions, stewardship, and giving. 16 of 38. One out of every 10 verses in the Gospels, of the 288 verses in the four Gospels, deals with money, stewardship, giving, possessions. In the big picture scriptures, 500 verses on prayer. Less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Bottom line, if we're learning from Jesus, we're going to be on this journey of learning to self-sacrificingly give our resources, our time, our lives for other people. That's the way we, that's the way we respond to the goodness of this abounding, abundant grace. Second piece, and it's, I've kind of already started on it, but we learn generosity not only from Jesus, but from Scripture. I'm going to just hone in on one verse. Obviously, there's over 2,000. But I'm going to hone in on one, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, a very famous verse in the Old Testament, um, right toward the end of the Old Testament. And God says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Okay, so... You know, massive promise from the Old Testament. I, I have people point that out to me all the time. Deuteronomy 14, verse 23 says that the purpose of tithing is to teach you to put God first. So now we're getting to the heart of this thing. It's about, you know, it's about where is God in your priority system? Okay, that's, that's what's happening there. So yes, that is Old Testament, but that principle hasn't gone away. And the way we think about it here is tithing is like, uh, we do teach it, but we teach it like it's the training wheels. It's, it's how you learn how to ride the bike without falling over. It just This is a starting place. Tithing, tithing means 10%. Make $50,000, it's $5,000 in a year. If you make $40,000, it's $4,000 in a year. That's simple. You make $100,000, it's $10,000. So, but it's the, it's the starting place. And then you you grow from there. That's been our that's been our journeys. That we we didn't we didn't stop there. We kept growing from there, not just in the tithe and what we give to the church specifically to the church, but also in offerings and supporting missionaries and just having living below our means so that living simply so that we can give generously when the need comes up. And there's just nothing like it, man. When you hear about a need and you, because you're living simply, you can give generously to that. There is joy like crazy that comes into your life when you're able to generously give to somebody. Just, there's just nothing like it. Three words about tithing. Let me just say this. Three words. Gratitude, priority, faith. And so it's past, present, and future. Gratitude for what's happened in the past. Gratitude, thankfulness. God, I'm so thankful for your blessing in my life. You have blessed me. And I'm so thankful for that. Priority. I want you number one in my life right now. Uh, You are number one. You are at the first place in my life. I want the first fruits of what I have to be going to you. Okay? And then faith about the future. God, I'm going to trust you 
about what you're going to do in the future. I'm going to trust you with my resources. I'm not going to just stockpile it, you know, and, and then I, I may give you a few bones along the way, but I'm going to trust you in this systematic way of tithing all along the journey, all along the way, with my heart being given to you all along the way. So, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's so practical, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for us to think about it sometimes, but it's so practical. I got that training wheels word from, uh, Randy Alcorn and Randy, uh, he got in this court thing and, and basically they, it was for a good cause, but they, they said, you can have $30,000 to live on, but everything else has to go to this other deal. And what he ended up doing was living on $30,000 and then giving everything else away. He gave everything else away. And this was before he was a famous author. Then he becomes this famous author and continues this super simple living with generous giving. Um, Rick Warren's another great example. He wrote this book called The Purpose Driven Life. You know, and it's like the biggest selling book besides the Bible. Well, and people were like, man, you know, you're going to be rich and change and everything. And he's lived in the same house for 25 years, drives a 12-year-old Ford, um, gave tons of the proceeds away from that book just to all different kinds of stuff. In fact, one of the cool things was he'd, been, he'd planted a church called Saddleback, and he gave, he'd been working with the church for 25 years. And when that book hit and went big, he just gave the salary back for all 25 years that he'd been paid and then didn't take a salary anymore. <laughs> that's just fun. It's just crazy. Just, that's like glad, global, good, godly, great giving. <laughs> okay, yeah. And so, um, training wheels. And remember, you know, Jesus himself, he doesn't say don't tithe. You know, when he's talking to the Pharisees, he's got kind of a rebuke for them. He doesn't say don't tithe. He says, yeah, you can do that. Just don't neglect the weightier matters of the law. Love, mercy, justice. You know, it does, but he doesn't say don't tithe. Paul doesn't say don't tithe. He does say don't give reluctantly. So if you're concerned about giving reluctantly or under compulsion, then just don't give. I know that's that's right. That's not what you need to do. What you need to do is set your heart on growth, yes. becoming conformed to the image. But but take that take that uh, that excuse that the fallen man latches onto, and just bring it out into the light. Call it what it is, and say that is not going to be an excuse for me not growing in the grace of generosity and giving. So, Amen. Um, I like this, I, you know, on the, on the tithing thing again, Old Testament, but we're free. We're free. I think I'm making that point, but here's another way of saying it. Like you don't, you don't have to pray, but praying helps you grow. Praying helps you grow. You don't have to spend time morning by morning with Jesus. Although I would say that's the most important pastoral advice I could give you, period. If you want to grow and become formed to the, conformed to the image of Jesus, then spend time with Him every single morning. You don't have to, but it's, it's a path of growth. You, you, know, you don't have to abide in Him through the day, but it's a promise. You can't bear fruit apart from abiding in Him. So and it's this way with the giving thing. It's, you don't have to, but it's a path for growth that you're, will enlarge your heart and bless you. And, and we are, our vision is that we would be a light, that, a beacon of light that touches this city and the nations 
And part of that happens when we're all in this process of growing up together. The last piece here is that we learn generosity. Number three, from experience. Now, sometimes that's the experience of others. I really have learned a lot from the experience of others. I literally had, after first service, had somebody come up and tell me just a story. said, I wasn't sure about this, the tithing thing. We'd always just kind of wrestled with it. We'd been tight. And we, we, did, um, we did our first you know, tithe thing. And it was, it was like a hundred bucks. And wrote the check. And it was a stretch. We didn't know, you know how it was all going to work out. But two days later, he said he was at this, they were uh, playing a recreational sport and, and uh, with, some, uh, with some folks. And he goes over and looks in his wallet and there's a $100 bill in his wallet. And he felt like, hey, it's just confirmation to me. He said, I had tears in my eyes. I couldn't believe it. I looked around. I was trying to figure out how did the $100 get in my wallet. And, but I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that, that happens. I, I was talking with somebody, or it's weird. I've had all these conversations this week. I was talking with somebody who's kind of secondhand, but uh, they decided to tithe. Uh, and it was just going to be a stretch for them. And they did it earlier this week. And they decided to just go for it, even though it wasn't fully there, the money. And, and they said yes. And then later that day, that very day, a new stream of revenue resource came into their lives that very day. And that, that stream could have come at any other time, all different kinds of times, months ago or whatever. But it came hours after that decision was made. So we learn, we learn from the experience of others, but there's nothing like learning it from my own experience. There's nothing like you doing it and just going for it. Just, I mean, I don't know many places in the Bible where it says, test me, where God says, test me in this. So again, if there's something in our hearts where we're going, uh, just I'm, I'm being resistant on this for some way, for some reason, let me just encourage you that it's probably a, a, there's probably space and place for growth That's good. for for all of us. So so you know our heart would be that everybody would tithe. So if you're not tithing, to get on that journey. But if you're already doing that, then growing in the grace of giving, just learning to to be sacrificial and grow in the grace of giving. What happens when we do this? The sowing and reaping mentality. There's there's kingdom things that are at work here, the kingdom processes that are at work. And so, uh, you know, when, when we sow in the spirit, when we sow financially, our heart goes there, things start happening and we get into this. I'll just finish with this. We get into the cycle of grace and generosity, thanksgiving and praise. That's what happens. We start receiving that grace. We start giving it generously and God gets praise and honor and it's just, it's crazy. I, it's amazing to see uh, just, uh, it's little things. Uh, we had uh, just a meal with somebody the other night, and they just had a little gift for us, and it brought joy in our hearts. You know, it's just awesome. And so I just want to encourage us practically. <laughs> three things, three things, three practical things. First one, we learn generosity as we take the next step. So whatever your next step is, I want to encourage you in that. Take the next step. Take the next step. Lord, what is it? Husbands, wives, you know, maybe it's sitting down together, getting clear on this. What is our next step? Ask that. Roommates, do it. If you're just single, do that on your own. What is my next step in this area? 
Second thing, practically, we learn generosity as we begin to tithe. So I want to just encourage you guys. It's the training wheels. It's not the end. And, 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 and don't do the Old Testament thing. Move past that. And don't just go, ah, that's Old Testament, so therefore I'm not going to do that. Come on. Just, I'm, I'm trying to help. This is, this, is the, this is a path of growth. So we learn generosity as we begin to tithe. Third thing, we learn generosity as we give beyond the tithe. As we give beyond the tithe. Offerings and just getting into this cycle of, of just generosity and praise and thanksgiving. There's just nothing like it in the world. Amen. So you guys stand up. And a worship team, come on up. I've got a ministry team come up and want to just spend a few moments responding to the Lord today. And um, yeah, a few different little calls here, the way that ways that might work. Um, first of all, yeah, ministry team, come on, whoever's that is. Brian, can you help me? Yeah, so Lord, would you just speak to our hearts here? We want we want breakthrough. In this area, just I pray if there's any uh, mountains or obstacles, ways of thinking, just uh, anything we've latched onto that's hindering us or has become an excuse for us, Lord, or even if we're even if just budget wise, we're doing the tithe or giving stuff down at the end of it, Lord, would you just help us give us grace to flip that thing right side up and just we give want to give you the first fruits. And Lord, whatever breakthrough is needed to happen in our lives, would you give that to us today in Jesus' mighty name? So hey, guys, I want to just encourage you, respond to the Lord. It could be right there where you're at, but it might be like, hey, I need a financial breakthrough. I've got this thing going on in my life, and I just need faith to believe for more. Come and get prayer. Or if it's like, I want to grow. Just Maybe you're already tithing, but I want to grow in the grace of giving. What, what is that next thing? Again, come, get prayer. The Lord's wanting to move up. He's wanting to do something because of what He's called us to do as a church. It's going to mean that everybody, all of us together, we, we're called to go to the next level. Go to the next level. What does that look like for you? What does it look like for me? And, you know, Kim and I have been praying through this as we've been thinking about this stuff. We're excited about going to the next place. But I want to encourage you guys, press into the Lord here. Father, would you just meet us in this time of response this morning, in Jesus' mighty name. And again, like always, if you have prayer, a prayer need about anything, healing, or just a, a breakthrough in, that's needed in life, please come and get prayer. Let's press into the Lord. And if you want to get prayer from somebody even out there that's close that you know, you can do that as well too. Here we are, Lord. Have Your way in us. Would You lead us to breakthrough, courageous generosity. Would You lead us to the next place, in Jesus' mighty name. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the grace of God in our lives. Meet us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, whatever your need is, come.